1: I jump out of bed because I love my life. Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive. Being myself, clarity will love thrive. So I'll stand down and be J-U-I-C-Y. Stand out, and be J-U-I-C-Y.
0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the GFR show. I'm so happy you're here. If this is your first time, if you are a loyal subscriber, welcome back. I have a treat for you today. So what do you think of the word witch? (laughs) Would you like to be called a witch? Would you not want to be called a witch? What do you just think of the black hat, you know, kind of witch? So I love playing with this word with our guest, Umwa Luna she is fabulous and we have such a great conversation we totally we get derailed from like the plan of telling her story like within the first five minutes but we get into some really really juicy conversation. What I want you to know about her is that she is a highly regarded astrologer, spiritual guide and shamanistic business strategist. Her expertise is in blending the sacred and the strategic. Shadow work, ritual, energetic strategy, and working with sexual energy are some of her favorite tools to work with. She has a lifetime of healing and deep spiritual work that has given her her unique insight. And you will, oh my gosh, you will just be so supercharged with unapologeticness. And as she says, unning, she's been unning herself. (laughs) And of course we're in alignment because of my unmentor and my unlaunch. And so we were unning ourselves together and she has helped her clients to double, sometimes even triple their income in a way that's fun, aligned and authentic. And you know, I'm all about that, y'all. Her mission is to bring more meaning, power, pleasure and wealth to her tribe. And her offer for our listeners is a free 15 minute money astrology reading. So the link for that is in the show notes. You want to go grab that. And for our GFR squad members who get access to the bonus recording that we do after the podcast, she does my reading and it is juicy. It is so juicy. So if you're part of the squad, you can go over and check that out. And oh my gosh, Umwa was just a delight. I really do feel a bit (laughs) supercharged with... A new level of wanting to own and value my own way of being, my own body rhythms, the words that I use to describe myself. And it's just she's really so wonderful in where she is now. But y'all, she wasn't always that way. And she has been through it total burnt out people pleaser. And she talks about where that all got started in her childhood and really the ringer that she went through in 2019, 2020. That brought her to her knees to the place where she has just said, fuck it to all of the all of the conventions and the expectations of others and marching to her own jump to the point where she's walking on the beach at 4 a.m. and rolling out of bed at not before 1 p.m. And and she's a mom. And so you can get to hear her, her whole take on that whole thing. So you will just love her. Can't wait for you to meet her without further ado. Miss Umwa Luna. Umwa. You're at the GFR show. I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Y'all, I was getting a lesson on how to pronounce your beautiful name, and I just love the it's like, sounds like a kiss, like, mwah. Because <laughs> you are like a kiss. You are uh-huh. like, for those that get to see you on video, red lips, cool, sexy red shirt, like, beautiful hair. Totally. It's like a kiss for sure. So, we are talking about it's a burnout story. It's a story of burnout. And when we get to the end, we are going to, and we may dabble about this in the middle of just like where you are now, right? And you're not that, you're not in that, right? But where should we start in terms of like the key things sort of about you that had you get to that place?
1: Well, okay. So I'm going to make some touch points and then go back in time. Great. So basically 2018 was like my like best year, right. Financially, whatever. But you know, it's like you, when you're an entrepreneur, a lot of the times you're like pushing, you're trying to make, you know, trying to make shit happen, whatever. Right. And so even though I was like, not fully in the hustle mode, I was not honoring the high degree of sensitivity that I have. I wasn't honoring other aspects of myself. And part of that was just because I didn't I didn't understand myself fully. And another part was that I didn't I wasn't willing to say I'm not like everyone else. Yes. I wasn't I wasn't willing to own the fact I cannot do what some people can do because that made me feel less than but the truth is i have very unique special gifts that i would not have if i was normal you know so i had to like get over that idea that i should try and catch up and that i should try and pretend to be normal and that i should try and do what other people do instead of like honoring myself you know so 2018 was good great right? then 2019 I, I- I was like Sure. Can I,
0: I just have to interject here because thank you. Like just all of that you just said was like, oh, I'm like taking an exhale for me and all of the listeners that are like, oh, thank you. You know, and even, even me, even me, the queen of GFR here, I know I'm being called to an, another level of that, another level. If there could be another level for me, there is another level. And I, I love what you said. I was not honoring the high degree of sensitivity. I did not understand myself fully. And you had yet to get over the fact, like you had you had yet to get over the fact that you should be normal. First of all, what the fuck is normal? Oh right. my God, it makes me crazy. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like this abusive boyfriend, this normal, like that's this looming thing. It's like completely. there's no reality for it in fact everybody's idea of normal just is is their own perspective of what they think they should be there isn't even any you know like agreements (laughs) on okay let's just have all have the same standard of normal oh my god it drives me crazy kind of like slutty yes it's
1: like it depends on you know you you can never not be like it's either you're 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 prude you're frigid or you're slutty and it's like the, the in-between slice can be very small. It's all based on someone else's opinion and someone else's perspective and agenda,
0: you know? Totally, totally. And I love the reclamation of words like slutty. And I am working on reclaiming the word fat for myself. You thank know, like... Well, I,
1: I'm fine. I'm fat.
0: I don't care. I, but thank other you. people get triggered
1: when I say I'm fat. I'm like, I, I don't care. I don't have a problem with being fat. I know I'm beautiful. I know I have all these other amazing qualities. I don't need to be skinny to be a whole, powerful, beautiful, and, you know, sensuous woman.
0: You know what I mean? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that. I'm not, I'm not there yet. It still has some charge for me. But I, I'm at the place where I admire people who can identify as fat and feel beautiful. Like, like, so I'm, I'm there where I just like fucking love that in you, which I wasn't always there, you know? Right. So I love that Me in neither. you. Me <laughs> neither. Yeah. So thank you for that. I just, oh, thank you. For, okay. I just and need to like- There's also like, like
1: <laughs> racial elements to that too.
0: Yes, I know. I have Sabrina Strings Fearing the Black Body book just right over my right shoulder. And I didn't even know- I did not even know. So t- just to focus on me for <laughs> a couple of minutes here, but just so, cause yeah, we don't know each other that well. So many yeah. of my guests I know. you, you know everything about them already. <laughs> yeah, like I know, like we, and what I love is that we met on somebody else's virtual birthday party. And for like, we were in a small group for like 15 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, I want to know you. Like we're going to be friends. This is so great. And of course, divine right time for you to be on the show now. <laughs> So when I started my journey, 2021, I said, I'm no longer going to control the size of my body. That was my year. I turned 50 coincidentally, not coincidentally. And I started on this whole journey of being okay, gaining weight and finding my body's like natural place where it wants to be, which was fucking terrifying. Like I was like, got a terminal illness or something. That's how terrifying it was for me. And I had no idea the connection, which I feel so, I guess I should just love on my naivete, but I feel judgmental of myself that I had no, I had no idea the connection between race, white supremacy and thin bodies. Like I didn't even, so not connected to that. But of course that same year, I did a deep exploration of my racial unconscious bias, which also connected to my fat bias. You know, it was like, you know, it's all the biases and I'm sure many more to come but at least I can kind of see them maybe a little bit easier, closer. All that happened in 2021 for me. So I I'm I am as aware as I can be in a white body of the racial connection and it's fascinating, fascinating and so multifaceted and so so hidden still.
1: Yes, yes. And I I love that you were available for that exploration because most people aren't. There's multiple sides of it because the other side of it is like, it's more socially acceptable to be bigger in the black community, right? Yes. So I still get the experience of being highly desired. Whereas if I was like only more in a white world and I was, you know, more only, exposed to what do white men think of me though there there is more of a agenda or a preference to be thin in the white community you know what I mean so yeah. that is on the kind of flip side my privilege in this kind of weird little crazy yeah. dynamic
0: interesting <laughs> you know? yeah yeah it's I that. kind of know that but like it's really interesting to think of, about it as as a little bit of privilege there you yeah. know yeah and that's the thing
1: about the conversation of privilege that I think like, like, okay, I mean, it's all weird. And there's like, definitely, like, it's a very real thing. And I think it's super important for people to understand and acknowledge it. And it's not necessarily the whole conversation, the traditional version of what is privilege. like there's different layers. And like, I have white privilege, because even though I look the way I look, and American society says you're black, I am half white you know my mom is white and my mom is white 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 <laughs> <Short> <laughs> island <laughs> She's is Rhode island white, white y'all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and and because i have white grandparents that paid for me to go to private school i have certain things and because i look i'm light skinned you know white people are going to treat me better than someone who's darker so you know what i mean so there's just yeah. all these different yeah. layers to it and it gets really complicated and convoluted. <laughs> and so it's like these layers of onions that you just like keep pulling back. Like yeah, one time I was at a business retreat and we were like in the pool and just so happened that everyone else was like darker black than me. Right. And they were like pools closed and everybody was like, got out. And I was like, they said it closes at eight. It's seven fifty. Fuck them. I'm not getting out. You know, and they were all like standing there uncomfortable, waiting for me to get out of the pool. And like, I didn't even notice. I was just like, oh, stop being so uptight, you guys. (laughs) And then later, my friend explained to me, like, yeah, like we have this experience of being like, you know, highly discriminated in in these places. And it's already on edge that, like, oh, the black people are breaking the rules and blah, blah. And like, me as a lighter skinned person, I haven't had those exact kind of experiences. You know, and I felt like such an asshole because I was making them all feel uncomfortable because I want to stay in the pool for 10 more minutes. because I didn't understand. I just thought this is what I thought. This is so dumb because they're all Christian. So I thought they were
0: just being like goody two shoes. (laughs) (laughs) They were being polite. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. That that's such a vivid example of exactly what you were trying to communicate with how nuanced it is. And, you know, I feel like my year of study just made me more comfortable talking about it. Like I was so scared as white fragility goes of like, say the wrong thing and getting in trouble. Or, you know, I was so scared of that, that I feel like the study of course made me more aware of my unconscious bias, but also just, I feel like I could at least talk. I feel like I could talk about it now. I, I know enough to just say what I don't know, <laughs> you know, like I know right. enough to, and I'm so grateful for that because I feel like that's more authentic just as who I am. Like I like to be able to talk about stuff, you yeah. know? And so that I'm really, really grateful for that.
1: I think I'm glad we're talking about this. Even this wasn't exactly what we planned to talk about, but I think it's really important. So there's all these same dimensions to this. So I think those are all valid concerns also to be like afraid of saying the right, Thing or not, because there's a lot of people that are going to get really pissed off at you if you don't say the right thing. <laughs> and yeah. the same thing, what the right thing is depends on who's listening. Yeah, you know? who's yeah. receiving it. And I think that that's really an important thing is that on both sides, that availability to have the conversations. You know, that's going to yes. be one of the things that that changes. That actually changes. Like I feel like a lot of the approach to racism is not going to be effective. Like when you're like yelling at people and telling them they're doing it wrong and you can't fucking say this, you can't say that. Like let people try, let people, let people, you know, have some grace as they're trying to figure it out. Like, as you're saying, you're coming from a place of naivete. You're not coming from, malicious place like you literally don't know and that's I kind of in 2020 and you know everything was happening with the racial stuff and I was kind of personally getting reignited to speak and do some things in this realm that was one of the things that really came up so I ran a little thing with a friend of mine he's a white Jewish man and we were doing these like calls for people around racial stuff And that was one of the things that was like really surprising to me. I was like, oh, wow, like these white people genuinely just really don't know. It's a lack of experience and exposure. You know, it's like you only when you live in your paradigm, you don't understand. You can't see what's outside of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Um, the most refreshing thing to learn about unconscious racial Bias was it's not my fault. Like that's the whole problem it's like my fat bias my you know mm-hmm. anti-fat bias is also yes. not my fault it's like yes. it's the water we swim in we don't even fucking know it and exactly. so that also I mean just that really understanding and having my amazing instructors which are both prior guests of the show Dr. Valerie Shepard and Dr. Dr. Gans Dr. Gans Farans both past guests of the show just even understanding that, that it's unconscious bias. Right. And if someone calls me a racist now, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's unconscious. It's like, yes. And, and before that I'd be, you know, I have my, I'm a Jewish. And so if someone says racist, I mean, I just think of the Nazis and I'm like, I'm not a Nazi. And, you know, there was just all of that sort of complicated, you know, unraveling that was happening. And so, you know, yeah, I just, Now I know it's unconscious, not my fault. And I could have a conversation and learn from it. And and really the best thing I can do is just be willing to be uncomfortable.
1: That's what I learned. (laughs) Beautiful, I love it. And like that just in itself is like so extremely powerful. And I, I love that point that you brought up about the being called racist, right? If for some reason this has become like a humongous touch point, like even people that are like racist, racist people Like consciously racist, (laughs) like clan members. You're like, I'm not racist. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. What are you talking about? So for some reason, this word has become so, you know, polarized and charged that like people people get so freaked out. But it's like everyone's racist. You're indoctrinated to be this way. The only way you cannot be racist is if you consciously and systematically dismantle that and it's going like to be you were born time. in
0: another in an, I don't know you were born in a time machine or you know exactly like a, yeah there's a great yeah. song that I want to share about this and then we could share some good things from your story but <laughs> there is a Broadway show musical called Avenue Q and it's done with puppets like a Sesame Street but it's for adults and there's a song called Everyone's a little bit racist. Yes. Do you know this song? It I is and you gotta hear it. It's I mean, there's so many great songs. Also in the internet is for porn is one of the other songs. But <laughs> I love it. It's 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 really good. So I love I love this. This is a really it's totally on point, of course, because we I just go organic with wherever the conversation goes. But I, I had to I just had to pause at just the points you were making around learning to honor what makes like what did you say? I had to get over the idea that I should be normal, you know, and that was like a really key thing that was going on for you. And it just touches me because I just, I think that, I mean, when people say, what are your hobbies, Lisa Trini, I'm like, that would be my hobby, like be more me. How how can I, you know, be more me? Like my healing, my my spiritual evolution, my growth, and yeah, on a lot of TV. Those are my hobbies, you know. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> so I I just had to to pause there because I I think that it's a really important point. So that was 2018. So what is it that you would like that kind of pops into your mind now that you think is like a, a really important part of your story that you think kind of installed some of the programming that like kind of led to that aspect of yourself
1: yeah a couple of things so I came into the world not feeling like I was right like I wasn't welcomed I didn't belong here so my dad is African very patriarchal right so he went home Back home after not being there for several years and saw that the certain people had died there was no male heirs to carry on the name and he came home like frantic like I need to have a son my mom got pregnant right away my dad was like it's a boy it's a boy here I am surprise, not a boy <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom got pregnant with my brother six months after me six months after I was born And then when my brother was born, my dad threw a humongous party for my brother before he was even home from the hospital. Wow. (laughs) And I just felt like, oh, I'm not loved. I'm not good enough because I'm a girl and my poor brother. Oh, I was merciless. I took it out on him. It had nothing to do with him. It was totally not his fault. But my dad, I was like, okay, my little, you know, toddler mind. I was like, what do boys have that girls don't have? I was like, okay, boys are tough. I was like, I'm going to be the fucking toughest, baddest around here. And then he'll love me. And so I beat the shit out of my brother. I was merciless. I was violent. I was like out of control, you know, but nobody could, nobody else could hit my brother but me. Of course. Of course. If anybody else messed with him, it was like, oh, you will deal with my wrath. And everyone was scared of me. My brother would be like, "You better leave me alone. It's just gonna kick your ass," you know. (laughs) And I (laughs) wouldn't. And my dad would just be so enraged because he wanted my brother to be like that. And my brother's not a fighter; he never was. That's not his personality. He's like a chill guy. (laughs) And I came like guns blazing, like, (gasps) (laughs) and like part of that is my authentic personality, but part of that was me overcompensating and going into like I need to be masculine to be accepted to be loved to be good enough right I have to be aggressive I have to push 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 whereas my natural self I'm super sensitive I'm super emotional I cry all the time
0: <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's always like mom are you crying again I'm like yes <laughs> Yeah, which 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 makes so much sense why now one of your passions is really balancing that power between the masculine and the feminine.
1: Exactly. And it's not like, you know, and this is a weird thing that's in the conversation of the collective right now, especially if you're like on the single scene, which I kind of am, this whole like battle of the sexes. And I don't know if you've heard of the manosphere. Um, no. Okay, so the manosphere is basically like, there's all these YouTube channels and whatever, and these men like they talk about like, there's like the red pill community where they say oh, like, oh,
0: okay, you know I mean? yeah. yeah, And not uh, yeah. everyone
1: in the manosphere is red pill, but like the red pill, like if you took the red pill, then you know that like you can't trust women, and they talk about like female nature and like, you know, it's like you have yes. to protect yourself against these terrible women. <laughs> like, like it's just like all this and these psychological games of like how to get laid without paying for anything like all this weird stuff right and i understand that part of it is that like literally men are in crisis we are we have a crisis around masculinity there's like so many layers to all of this stuff yeah you know and as we had like feminism and now like there are things that are tipping that women are in a better position of power right now than men and society's not prepared for that change. And so they're kind of the backlash of Me Too and all these things and the other side. And it's like when the pendulum swings hard in one direction, it's going to swing hard in the other direction. So all of this stuff is just really up right now in the collective. And as power is shifting to women and the feminine, I think it's really important that It's not only about the feminine. I think it's important that because boys are getting left behind, men are getting left behind. And I don't think it's going to be pretty if we continue on this path. I was reading some statistics about like 60% of men in their 20s are single. And I'm pretty sure that's not all by choice. Right. You know, young people are having sex less and less often. More young men are not having sex. And I don't also think that's necessarily by choice. Some of it, yes but it's like what do you think is going to happen as a society if men don't have access to sex like unilateral like i just you know all these things you know as things yeah you know as we're getting this like this basically the old template has fallen away but we don't have a new template and there's just a lot of chaos happening chaos yeah and so basically as we're shifting out of patriarchy I think it's important that we, that we continue to honor and build the feminine, but to also be balanced and to bring the masculine with us and not to demonize the masculine, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, and also thus demonizing a part of ourselves, right? Because we we have both. Yeah, exactly. So, so was there a through line with this overcompensation aspect of yourself that? Exactly.
1: So, yeah. yeah. So, tying that all back. (laughs) Yeah, I got you, girl. I got you. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) So, yeah. So, it's like, okay, so I was always overcompensating for being sensitive and feminine. And I got, and I peeled back layers and I worked so much on like honoring my feminine and getting connected and honoring my spiritual gifts and my intuition, literally been working on this stuff over 20 years at this point. But this was still like a strong sticking point for me of like, I want to be here, being overly attached to what I think my life should look like, what success should look like, how much money I should have, letting all these things that are somewhat patriarchal define who I am, where I'm at, all the what I'm worth, all this bullshit, right? And then I'm pushing myself not, and this is that the comfort zone is a tricky thing. We say going out of your comfort zone because sometimes we use that against ourselves, and it's like, oh, I have to be uncomfortable. So what we do is we. We overstimulate our nervous system. We do these things that are the things that are gonna put us into a perpetual burnout, right? In that, in that in the service of, oh, we I have to be uncomfortable. I have to be out of my comfort zone, which somewhat is a like masculine orientation to growth, right? I think that men actually need to be much more uncomfortable than we do. <laughs> you know? mm. And so this whole idea of being resourced was not necessarily. It was in the conversation for me and I would talk about it, but I wasn't actually living it. Mm. I was not allowing myself to be resourced because I'm like, well, fuck, it's going to take so much time and energy to fill up my cup. I don't have that. I just have to keep going. And then guess what happens when you never fucking fill up your cup or you tell yourself you don't have time or I'll just do a little bit. That shit happens. Exactly.
0: So that's, I mean... Kind of how all those pieces tie together, you know. So, 2018 is your best year financially. Then what happens?
1: 2019, I'm like, okay. So, and this is even tying into how I'm doing my business. I was doing branding. I was called it's sacred branding, so it's still like feminine, but I'm still leaving leading with branding. I'm leading with business strategy, but what I'm actually doing behind the scenes is much more feminine. I'm doing a lot of shadow work. I'm using my intuition. I'm like, you need to do this or this. And I'm using astrology. (laughs) You know, we're doing sex magic. I mean, we're doing all kinds of crazy shit, right? But I'm talking about branding and marketing only. (laughs) I mean,
0: I would talk about the other stuff, but you know what I mean? I'm leading that's inauthentic. We kind of have a little bit of a similar parallel here because my entrepreneur journey back in 1999 started with consciousmarketing.com. And from the beginning I knew that it was about having people find their authentic voice and, you know, and for a long time, it was about marketing and sales and marketing and sales. And, you know, and I'm still an expert at all of that, but where I landed with this latest version of my mission is that's all good shit. But if you're not, if you can't get out of your own way and your wounding is getting in your own way and you're not able to be authentic and you don't have full expression, none of that other shit even is going to come into play or work for you. And so, so I've finally, in my journey, similar to your journey of really honoring yourself and, you know, where your passions are and, and you haven't said this yet, but maybe like being in your comfort zone (laughs) where we like to be (laughs) (laughs) exactly, is like, I love the inner game, the spiritual game, the energetic game, the mindset game that like, you know, the intuition game, like the guidance, you know, the all, that's where I love to play because I know that when we dislodge that or transform that or transmute that is what unmentor is all about. It's like, I'm not a mentoring, but we are unmentoring. We are getting rid of all that is not serving you. And so that you can really get to what is your most fun, yummy marketing? What is the offer that just, you know, rocks your socks and, you know, all of those things. So so I also was incognito for a long time doing the other stuff, you know, yes. the stuff when I would work with people one-on-one and yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. And so, and I love the way that you, you brought all of that in. And so like, like that piece of the un, right. The unmentoring. And it's like the, like, I've been uning myself. i gotta write that down (laughs) yes
0: i love it i've been unning myself
1: you know and like oh like i like i have always been like this i'm a fucking extreme night owl okay so especially when it's like the energies are intense i'm very sensitive so it's a full moon i usually can't sleep so it was just the full moon recently and so you know, I was out at the beach at four o'clock in the morning because that's what I like to fucking do. And that's like what my spirit is driving me to. And that's how I want to live my fucking life. And I don't give a shit anymore. And before I used to feel bad and think like, oh, I was irresponsible and fucked up. Something's wrong with me because I should be running my business in the morning. No, this is the early Lisa, by the way, this is the earliest. I I usually don't talk to people at this early hour.
0: (laughs) And y'all it's one o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs)
1: Usually, my first appointment for the day is one thirty, and that's that's like a few times a month. Awesome. I usually don't talk to any clients at any meetings before two. You're so
0: inspiring me.
1: (laughs) Right, and I got it. Like I don't need to fucking do the morning. Why? Because (laughs) other people do it. No, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work with my lifestyle. It doesn't work with work with my energies, my rhythms. I could make myself do it, but then you're not going to get the best of me anyway you know what i mean so just more and more of that kind of stuff and like even before i used to be like oh well if i have an international client i have to get up early and i have an international client and i'm like you know what instead of me getting up early why don't we just do the session at 11 p.m and that'll be your 8 a.m (laughs) your morning (laughs) yeah exactly whereas i'm like i i'm no longer some this is this is like that people pleasing of like Well, this is the way that other people do it. This is what other people want. So I have to do it that way. No, the fuck I don't, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so I'm just like really starting to get that and own that and and structure my business and my life the way that works for me. And even like the other day I went live and people are like, what time? And I'm like around nine, but whenever the fuck I show up, like I don't want to pick a time, so I'm not going to. And you can deal with it or not. You can watch it later.
0: I don't fucking care, (laughs) you know? You are going to be liberating a lot of people. I love this. I love this. And my my excuse for being on conventional time is that I'm a mom and my daughter goes to school in the morning and, you know, I got to get up and blah, blah, blah. And for a little time, I did get up. I had to get my ass into the car and drive her there. Right. But, but pandemic took care of that. Exactly. You know? <laughs> that's what switched me because I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then I was like,
1: well, because... You know, my kid was going to school online, and I was like, well, you you're a teenager. you can get up and make yourself yes. breakfast. I don't actually need to do that for you anymore. And you just go to school in the other room, so I don't have to I actually don't i and this is you know, ties into this whole idea of mother and what mother looks like and what we were how we're required to show up and versus what does our kid actually need and what actually works for us, you know, Yes, all these layers and more and more more places for uning you know Running. and I actually asked my my crow child I asked my crow child do you ever feel bad that you don't have like a normal mom and she was like she was like no she's like I I and I also have one because my stepmom's normal. so perfect like, I had the best of both worlds and I just was like ah. mm. I just saw this pressure off my shoulders to try and perform or be something that society says I'm supposed to when my own child is not even asking, needing or requiring that of me. And that it just goes into so many layers, business or clients, how we think we're allowed to show up, you know, all these things.
0: Yes. All these things. Yes. Yes. And of course, the more not normal we are, the more we give our kid permission to be not normal. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And that's been a really important piece of parenting for me. And I'm always like, what do you need? What's going on? You know, my my child came out to me at, I don't know, 12. I was like, oh, if, what would what, what you think if I was gay? And I was like, I really don't care at all. I love you the same, you know? And then I was like, I just never really talked. You know, I never thought it was important to share. But I I mean, I am bisexual, even though I've mostly been with men, you know? And so I shared that with her and she was like, Really? <laughs> she yeah. got
0: excited like yeah same thing and happened I, with me with my kid I told her I identify as pansexual which I had no idea until my husband and I were non-nogamous for a while I had mm-hmm. no idea but my kid was like oh cool so yeah so it's like this ironic thing that like the more that we're actually
1: authentic to ourselves and step out of like the rules that we think other people need us to have that actually deeper availability for true connection happens
0: yes you know So you are totally inspiring me and I feel like we're getting an amazing dose of how you're living your life now. Can you share with us a little bit more of like what you went through to get to this place like 2019 20 it was ugly let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) give us some of the ugly (laughs) so
1: in 2018 I, I just was like okay this I mean 2019 I was like this isn't working I was so fucking tired I was burnt out I felt like a fraud I felt like I was being inauthentic I felt like I was kind of lying about what I do and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna switch gears. And you know, I, I identify as a witch and that wasn't really something I talked about. It was like, it's like it's safe to be spiritual, but it wasn't safe to be a witch. And at this time, this wasn't as cool as it is now. Now everyone's
0: <laughs> witch, it's fine, you know. I just called myself a witch like two a text, two texts ago. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So it's much, much more like yeah. like acceptable. And I mean it was getting there, but still. So I started, I just tried to like switch gears and shift into like witchy stuff and like people weren't going for it. Nobody was buying, people weren't buying it literally. (laughs) And I just got super discouraged and like my businesses started going down because I stopped. I just couldn't do the stuff that I used to do anymore. I stopped being able to fake it. (laughs) I couldn't, but I didn't know how to position or leverage or how to show up in the new energy and I wasn't all the way there yet like and I didn't understand that that was the problem is that I right. wasn't actually okay with it even though I was claiming it and putting it out there there was a piece of me that was still thinking you shouldn't be like this you should just be fucking normal you should just be say you're spiritual stop talking about weird you had an unconscious bias towards wishes exactly <laughs> unconscious bias towards my fucking self yeah. you know? so that was part of why nothing was working and also I was burnt the fuck out and I I didn't have any energy I didn't have actual spark to do something new so I ended up actually like not like doing really bad financially I was like fuck I think I need to get a job which I haven't had a job in I don't know how many fucking years so I was like at the end of 2019, I was like, I'm just going to go do a stupid bullshit job to like, kind of help me out to sure. not worry about money.
0: Yeah. And I went and I started ballet. <laughs> okay. I would love to pull up and see you as my ballet. <laughs> <laughs> it was so
1: wild and it was crazy. And it was so opposite. Um, like, cause you know, we're in this like very feminine, super supportive, spiritual women entrepreneur world. And then I go to work with these like very masculine, like Carmen. <laughs> and it was like such intense culture shock for me, you know? Yeah. And like I would literally cry every, da- every day mm. as soon as I would leave. Like I would walk off the lot and I would just start crying. I was just so like, I'm not used to anyone being mean to me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, we just don't talk to each other crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and you're not really connecting with people, right? So it's just very oh. transactional and yes, yeah. And like my boss is like, what are you doing?
1: Pick up the pace. Let's go. Go get this car. Like, just but and he's not trying to do anything to he's talking to everybody like that. And that's just right. the environment and the culture. And it's yeah. just interesting. Abrupt. And he was like, this this little like crazy Italian guy with like mafia family. Talk. It's such an interesting place your divine curriculum
0: led you to totally
1: but at the same time it also was teaching me about men and the masculine and, mm. and like and then like as they got to know me whether they became like my friends and like I don't know I felt really like taken care of mm. so it was a crazy experience and I got to drive all these like extremely like super fancy you know expensive cars which was also crazy because. I didn't know how to drive them. <laughs> 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 and then and it's like, what? It's like, well, you know, there of course, there's no keys, there's buttons, you know, the Teslas have the, the, the credit yeah. card. And I was just like, what is this? <laughs> you know, I'm not like a car person. I've never been like in the car, so I don't fucking care, you know, but it was cool. So that didn't last. I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. That was like too intense masculine energy for me. <laughs> And like, I kind of gave that up. And then like shortly thereafter, the pandemic started (laughs) and I got into a pandemic relationship. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And like, he moved in like right away, which was probably not the best idea. And so then it was like, and then he got lost his job because everything was like closing, whatever. And so then we were just like in the house in this like weird little crucible. of Yeah intensity and it went from like dreamy fantasy relationship to like fucking nightmare oh. <laughs> you know in my own house and I just it was so intense and I just was so overwhelmed and then it's like okay now I have to break up with him and kick him out in the middle of the pandemic when he doesn't have a job and he can't get one and everything's closed and that was like a very huge people pleasing thing of like, I can't take care of myself. I couldn't even work, even if I wanted to, because it was so
0: fucked up, you know, I it was had a huge no... act of a huge act of self-care and choosing yourself Yes, to get out of that relationship. It took me
1: months after I was 110% done because I was like, but I can't do that to him you know, and finally I just couldn't take any more. I woke up one morning, some drama happened. He did some high level psycho bullshit. And I was just like, I can't. And I left and I spent the night at my friend's house. I left my own house. <laughs> mm. And she was like, you gotta break up with him. So I came back, I broke, with, I broke up with him. I told him to leave. And it was like, he packed his shit and he got the fuck out immediately. It was no problem and i was like crying like oh my god i hope he's okay blah 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 he hasn't he was fine he had a new girlfriend in like less than a month <laughs> you know and so i got that lesson big time of like you don't need to fucking sacrifice yourself on the altar of other people's agendas of other people's needs of other you know the fantasies and illusions that i make up around what i have to do because oh, I I couldn't possibly inconvenience someone else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. For my own like health and mental sanity. So, and when like after that, you know, and then it, I just realized like how deeply that bullshit was ingrained in my mind, even though I have done so much work on myself. Yeah. And I was like, I am not available for this fucking bullshit anymore. Absolutely fucking not.
0: You know? So was was that was that the ultimate thing to wake you up from self sacrifice?
1: That was part of it, and then shortly thereafter, a few or not even like a month later, a good friend of mine committed suicide,
0: oh.
1: and oh. she was literally like the most like vibrant, vivacious, like luscious, juicy dynamic, like powerhouse of a woman. And she was super fucking smart, so sexy, super creative. And I was like broken. It was so intense. And she was like one of my favorite people, but I didn't hang out with her enough, especially during this time was I was like in a really bad place. And she always wanted to go to these like fancy places. And I didn't have fancy money at the time. And I was always telling her no and I never like, I was too afraid to tell her the reason why. Yeah. And I was like, fuck.
0: You like, obviously admired and respected her so much. You're
1: like So mm. much. And, she, and I was like, I can't believe I missed out on all these opportunities. There's, I don't know anyone like her. I know I'll never be anyone like her. She was just like a phenomenal person and very edgy, did her own thing, didn't give a fuck. She was a dominatrix and she was a dominatrix because that's what she wanted to do because that's what she was passionate about and she loved, you know? Yeah, wonderful. And like, so anyways, that was another piece in the puzzle of like, I wanted to be like her. I wanted to live my life like her. And even she was just like, she was smart. She was right. She was like, I, she couldn't do her work. She couldn't, she was very into like theater and all the art scene, all that was shut down. Like everything she was passionate about was like shut off. She couldn't, you know, Mm. she had to go move back home with her mom. And she was like, yeah, this shit's not going to be done anytime soon. Like, I don't want to live like this. I'm out, you know? Okay. And she was right. That was September of 2020. The shit was not going to be done. It wasn't done anytime soon. So that was another big piece of me. The thing with him was the self-sacrifice with her. It was that like dimming my light yeah making myself small to be normal making myself try to fit in you know yes and so what I felt that I wanted to like take from that it's like I want to be inspired by that fire that she had and I wanted to keep it burning for her I wanted that to be I whenever someone like I lose someone or something I always want to Use that as a gift. I want to find the gift in it, you know. And that was the gift for her to remind me to like honor my own passion, honor that side of me that doesn't give a fuck what society says or other people, and like to pursue what I know is right and true for me and my heart and my soul and my spirit, you know.
0: Yes. What was her name or is her name? Just first name, Grace Marie. Grace. Yeah. She. (laughs) she's like jumping up and down on her pleather spiky black boots thigh high boots jumping up and down for you girl Uh, (laughs) it was like the best gift that you could give her is to is to be living your life the way you are now that's amazing yeah Yeah, and I
1: have her you guys can maybe kind of vaguely see there's a aquarium thing I have her snake (laughs) that was I yeah he was like, my legacy.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So for this last segment, what is it that you want people to know about kind of like where you are now? Right. So, you know, obviously our stories never end, but this chapter, you know, this this chapter of realizing how burnout you were and allowing yourself to to really unravel so that you can really start again. And these pivotal relationship pieces that gave you the gift around not self-sacrificing and not dimming your light. It's like, I want people to know how that has served you in the way that your work is expressing now.
1: Yeah. so it's actually super fucking exciting. So I'm no longer leading with business strategy or any of that or branding in my work i'm working with my sister who i love mm-hmm. so when we do astrology together oh, and yeah so we created program slash community called the prosperity sisterhood mm-hmm. and this is like we're bringing, we're honoring the space in the feminine way right? And the feminine is holding and leading the space and it's collaborative and it's astrology. And we work with the cycles of the moon. And that's one of our principles is of that, like, do less to make more, Mm -hmm. right? And creating spaciousness into what we do, pleasure into what we do, into how we work, into how we set up our business, into how we Offer programs, right? into how we show up in all these spaces. and you know, working with the feminine cycles of the lunar cycles, not just the masculine solar day twenty four hour cycle, which is like do do where the feminine is has waves, you know, and there's uptime and there's downtime and you honor it. And you honor your menstrual cycle in these same ways, right? And so it's been so powerful, so beautiful. And like you said, I'm in my comfort zone. And yeah, I'll still throw out some business and strategy or whatever, but that's not the like main thing and and like the unning and all of that, right? And the like helping people to get their true authentic self and a true authentic voice and honoring their own template, their own energetic template, right? And so it's super fulfilling and satisfying and nurturing for me. And we've also like created some really amazing results with our clients. Uh, one of our clients had like her best month ever. She'd been in business for like 10 years. She made like, I don't remember, like $37,000 or something. And then someone else had had like a super long drought. And they also having like record-breaking months, several months in a row. Somebody got their like dream job, you know? So it's been like so fun and beautiful. And I get to do this with my sister, <laughs> you know, that I love. And I get to say whatever crazy shit I want and cuss as much as (laughs) I want and talk shit and like, we just laugh and have fun and everyone gets these great breakthroughs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It sounds amazing. And thank you for being such an example of what could be, you know, what could be. And sometimes I get bummed out that it takes like sucky shit to have us have breakthroughs, but. I don't know. I guess that's the des- the design sometimes that, you know, we need a wake up or a shake up or we need to be kicked out on our ass or whatever it is, or kick somebody else out on. Their ass. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, that's how it is. And that's why I'm so happy that you're here to tell your story and that there's this platform that exists for you to share all of that, because I know it's going to help a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're very welcome. Uma, this was amazing to spend this time with you. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. It was so fun. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. Oh my gosh. How fun was she? I swear, even in the couple hours that I spent with her, we I went to take a tea break and I was like, okay, I'm not going to rush because Uma wouldn't be rushing. <laughs> She's so inspirational when it comes to just putting ourselves first, make sure you, if you have any interest at all and hanging out with her, grab your free 15 minute money astrology reading. The link is in the show notes. I don't know how long she'll be able to offer those. So please go ahead and take action on that. If you have any interest. And for those of the GFR squad, I am the guinea pig, and she does a reading for me. <laughs> and y'all, it was juicy. I learned a ton about astrology, and it is super juicy. So head over to the Facebook group, our GFR squad Facebook group, and check that out. And if you've been thinking about joining us, now is a good time. Now is a good time. Go to GFR.life/squad. It's only twenty dollars a month. And you can cancel anytime. And if you haven't gotten your GFR commandments. That is like a foundational primer for our show. Umwa's favorite commandments number five, make yourself your most important client. And you can totally hear how she has done that and what it has done for her life. So go get your roadmap for getting real and subscribe to the show so that you have a steady diet of inspiration that keeps you on track and reminds you that your struggle has a purpose. All right, y'all, till next time, over and out for now.